Hello, geeks of the internet, and welcome to another Geeks Crossing podcast. I'm Eric. <laughs> I'm Keith. <laughs> I'm Matt. And I'm Nick. And we're here to give you all the best geek-related content you could ask for. So, Wreck-It Ralph. That That's it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what I will say about Wreck-It Ralph is Wreck-It Ralph was a very interesting movie in that, like, I'm pretty sure the movie that came out before that was Tangled, right? Like, Disney was back to doing, like, the princess formula. It feels like it's almost obvious now in retrospect, but it's kind of crazy that no one had thought to do a movie like, oh, the arcade is all, like, its own kind of world. And there's this villain. He doesn't want to be a villain, but he feels like he has to be. It's in his programming. A cool concept. Just turned 10 years old. Well, it would have been 10 years old if we did this episode a year earlier. Hey, I said just turned 10. It just turned 10 last year. It's 2023 as of the making of this episode. So now the movie's technically 11. No, no, no. We're, we're, we're not celebrating the release of the movie. We're celebrating when it came out on Blu-ray. It's been 10 years. Does that even count? <laughs> to some people. <laughs> but we it is still an anniversary. I mean, it's uh, five years since Ralph breaks the internet. Boo! Oh my god! Let's <laughs> snaps for uh, for Ralph breaks the internet. No, it will never get a snap from me. You mean like Thanos snap, like wipe it from existence? Because then oh. yes, then I would snap him. So yeah, Ralph breaks the internet was really cool in the trailers, and I remember being hyped for it. But it just totally just does not perform. It's so funny. I remember the same reaction. I was like, the trailer seemed so cool. I was so hyped for that movie. Because, like, the concept of him going into the internet and stuff was, like, cool. Like, this is different. It's unique. But then, like, when you look at the fundamentals of what it comes out to, it's just garbage. Well, that's the thing. I don't think it was actually that bad of a movie. I do think it just, again, going back to, like, day one of the podcast, it just breaks the D&D rules, you know? It breaks continuity. It breaks the consistency of the prior movie, and that's what makes it awful is because it can't be canon because, again, they, they broke the whole purpose of the last movie. But that movie, to this day, still has the best post-end credit scene ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and it's Caesar Frozen 2? Yeah. Yes. Mind-blowing. Frozen 2. Going back to what you were saying about how it completely craps on the original movie... I think we should take some time real quick to at least briefly sum up the first movie, what made that movie work, and then explicitly how the sequel decides to be like, yeah, remember that message we had? Screw that, am I right? Well, we kind of briefly glanced over it. What made the first movie so special was its concept, because it's like you said, Matt, we never had a movie where a video game villain tries to prove that he's actually a good guy. It's basically a video game version of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. You have all these references and cameos from, well, in that movie, it was all classic cartoon characters from pretty much every multi-million dollar company you can think of. But here it's like many video game IPs, like Sonic, everyone's favorite blue disappointment. (laughs) There was Cupert, freaking Pac-Man. Pretty sure they mentioned Mario at some point. Well, Well, Bowser shows up, yeah. Yeah, but in one scene they were like, oh, I bet that was Mario. He's actually late as always, but. (laughs) Yeah, and what I like about it is it's not to the film's detriment. It's not like it's a movie about Mario and Bowser and Sonic and Pikachu. Like, they're still original characters, and they really, like, hold up. Like, wreck oh, yeah. Fix-It Felix, the, the Heroes oh. Duty people, like, all these characters where it's like, oh, cool, like, this feels believable. Like, yeah. you have these fictional game characters mixed in with real game characters. Yeah. Even if you don't have those pre-existing IPs, the characters alone that are introduced in this movie still makes this movie stand out. 
Absolutely. Which is, again, like, who framed Roger Rabbit? Like, I don't think Roger Rabbit was an actual famous cartoon character, but they treat him kind of like he is one, and the audience immediately recognizes that. Like, okay, yeah, like, I've seen cartoons like that. Sort of like how Wreck-It Ralph, it's like, oh, yeah, I've played a game like that. I understand. Like, it's believable. It's fun. The characters are kind of cool. There's some cool subplots, especially the one about Fix-It Felix. I love Fix-It Felix a lot. You mean Fix-It Felix Jr. Of course, Fix-It yeah. Felix Jr. But that was kind of cool. I love the idea of all the game worlds. Um, I think it has one of the most underrated Disney villains of all time, that movie. What I like, going back to the, like, the all the references and stuff, I remember watching it, and I never realized that the code for King Candy's safe is the Konami code. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh my amazing. god, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, it's nice to rewatch and see things that I missed in the first watch. One of the things, though, about this movie that makes it so awesome and so great isn't even all the references or this and that or, like, the, like, unique characters they add. I just think it comes down to it's a great story. Like, a guy having an exti- what existential crisis about his life. Like, he wants to break out. He's feeling trapped. Like, he's always the bad guy. And it's such a great movie with all the different subplots going on and all the different, mm-hmm. it has a lot of great twists from what Penelope and the who the real villain is and I mean just boil down the simplicity of the plot of just like coming to acceptance with yourself that was pretty great oh well two things one I agree with you wholeheartedly like no Ralph like you don't want to be the villain but um, like that's your role you have a responsibility you have a duty but you have to learn just not to hate it and everybody else will like respect you and love you for it yeah Um, and that was kind of cool but still, wholeheartedly agree. It's a great movie. Great premise. Uh, it's, a, it, it's a Disney classic, really. And it all went downhill about six years later. Oh, boy. I guess we'll just say really quick plot synopsis. Um, it's not long after the events of the first movie. Ralph and Vanilla be break Candy Crush, like the actual arcade game in the arcade. So they transfer themselves to the internet, try to order like a, the piece they go on a bunch of internet-related hijinks, and yeah, it's a rough synopsis. I will say, like, I don't actually think this is a bad movie by any means. Like, I don't think this is, like, the beast. Like, I think it was a great movie, except, again, for the fact that they destroyed the part. Like, they almost retconned the, the first movie. I remember leaving that theater and being like, she went turbo. Cool concepts, but it just ruins the whole, like, lore of the world. I almost feel bad saying this, but spoiler alert for the Wreck-It Ralph 1, which came out more than 10 years ago. But um, there's a character called Turbo, and literally the characters in the universe say, oh, don't go Turbo, don't go Turbo. You'll screw yourself, because if you die, you won't regenerate. And you'll screw everybody in your own game, because you're missing from the game. Everyone's going to think it's out of order. We see it happen in Wreck-It Ralph 1. When Ralph is away from his game, Ralph not showing up makes the arcade goers be like, oh, the game is broken. Like, Ralph's not showing up. And, and like, the game glitches. And so we know for a unplugged. fact that this is happening. Yeah, the game oh, gets yeah, unplugged. Get the, the guy who owns the arcade is like, oh, man, I hope this is fixed. Otherwise, we're going to have to get rid of this game. And if it gets rid of the game, then all of the uh, people in the Fix-It Felix Jr. universe will be either homeless or dead. So very, very bad, very selfish, hurtful to many people. And fast forward, uh, what is it, six years? The writers decide, no, 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 no. Not only does Vanellope have to leave her game, but you're selfish if you think that she shouldn't. Yeah. Like, you're selfish. You just want what's best for you if you think she should stay in Candy Crush. She hates Candy Crush. 
Well, not Candy Crush. Sugar, sugar Rush. Yeah. <laughs> um, While we're on the topic of Candy Crush, then we're going to go to our sponsor. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. When it is established, first of all, I think that plot's so stupid because the first movie is all about how badly she wants to be a racer and how much she hates being a glitch. So the fact that five minutes into the sequel, she's already like, I hate this. I want more. Like, shut yeah. up. Like, one of the other twists from, again, the first movie was, like, she was actually supposed to be in that game. She yes, was the main exactly. character. She was the princess. Yep. It made sense. Like, the reason why she always felt like she was supposed to be a racer was because of that. Now, her being like, oh, yeah, no, I don't want to, makes her look like just some stupid kid being like, nah, I'm switching my mind. Like, yeah. And the best part, I don't remember if it's the opening scene or, like, at least at some point in the first five minutes of the movie. We see that the kids at the arcade love playing as Vanellope. They're like, oh, yeah, like, she has the glitch ability. She's the best racer. So the fact yeah. that she's leaving the game almost guarantees that Sugar Rush is going to get unplugged and all of her friends are either going to die or be homeless. Well, the worst part about it, and, like, what truly at least grinded my gears, was, like, not only was it, like, her being like, oh, I'm leaving the game and, like, whatever, but everybody got mad at Ralph for being like, yo, you shouldn't do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, what, you yes, you should. Server. Yes, you should. The whole first movie said you should be guilt tripping her. I although I will like, say I did find Wreck It Ralph two a lot creepier. Did anyone else get that vibe? Like Ralph's only friend is a, a little girl. I was a little creeped out in theaters when he was like freaking out, like, no, she needs to stay with me. Like they make it so cartoonish yeah. and creepy. It's like, dude, you're how old are you? Like fifty? I mean, the reason why their relationship worked in the first movie was because, hey, they're both outcasts. But here it's like Ralph is so dependent on Penelope that he doesn't realize he has other friends. Yeah, the whole point of the first movie, like it ends with him getting respect and friendship from other people too. So I don't know. Fix it, Felix, Sergeant Calhoun, I think her name was. Hubert, I don't know, anyone. You have other freaking friends. It's not just you and this little girl. And on top of that, Ralph comes to accept that, hey, this is who I am. If I try to be somebody I'm not, it's going to be a detriment to those around me. This movie just throws out the window. It's like, eh, go on, kid. Follow your dreams. No one's going to judge you for it. Mm -hmm. I'm bad, and that's good. I'll never be good, and that's not bad. My no God, the be. contradictory in that movie. So frustrating to think about. I'm getting a fucking migraine just by thinking about it. Uh. Yeah, listen, it's a very, very easy message to digest, okay? It's just make sure you're true to yourself, your friends, your responsibility as, again, a friend, as a person, as a citizen. Unless you see a shiny new toy that excites you, then ditch everything. That's the message of the Wreck-It Ralph franchise now, thanks to the sequel. Oh, yeah, um, not to mention, yeah. do you remember when Fix-It Felix Jr. and Calhoun were major characters in the first movie? The movie completely sidetracked them. It's like, okay, we're just going to babysit a bunch of Sugar Rush brats. Yeah, until their and game then, gets fixed. And yeah. that's literally their whole movie. Like, they I'm, didn't show up until the last five minutes. Spoilers. Well, then again, it's Wreck-It Ralph 2. We already know this movie sucks, so who, <laughs> so who cares about spoilers? Don't worry. Everybody's a winner. Some shit like that. Like, yeah. Um, it's like you, a joke. You, but... you would think that we get some cutaways about them actually teaching them how to have good manners. Like, something. Other than completely sidetracking them, because these are characters that we've known to love over the course of the first movie. Yeah, like, I don't understand. Wreck-It Ralph 1 was confident enough to have subplots with Fix -It. Felix Jr. and uh, Calhoun. This movie was just so cowardly. It was just, yeah, you have to follow Ralph, you have to follow Ralph and Vanellope, that's it. Like, I don't know, could Felix and Calhoun not have also gone to the internet? Like, anything? Fix-It Felix Jr., Ralph's quote-unquote nemesis, that's the perfect hero amongst everybody in his game. Sergeant Calhoun, who had the most tragic backstory out of all the video game characters in Game Central Station. Nobody gives a shit about them. It's all about Ralph and Penelope <laughs> fucking around in the internet. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, imagine if they did a, I don't know, hypothetically, completely hypothetically, imagine if they did, like, a Toy Story 4 or something, where it was, like, completely crapped on the original movie's message, and every side character, other than, like, Woody and Buzz, uh, had, like, one line of dialogue. Like, everyone would hate that. So why would you do it in Wreck-It Ralph? Well, thank God there's no Toy Story 4. <laughs> yeah, Otherwise, thank- I would have lost my shit. <laughs> yeah, let alone one where they make those same horrible decisions. Um, not a big fan where the movie slows to a halt for 20 minutes to be like, look at all the stuff Disney owns, guys. Jealous. I actually want to talk about that for a second. I mean, I've said this many times on the podcast. I love pointing out Easter eggs, references, and media. But even I know they've gone too far this time. Oh my god, it was just like a pat on their back being like, look at all the things we have. Look, Star Wars, Marvel, you like that? I guess, we do. Can you take us back to the movie now, please? I don't know. What did you guys think about that scene where Penelope was hanging out with the other Disney princesses? Because I know everybody was going wild with that. It's like, oh, check out all these 2D princesses. They have 3D models. I thought that was actually a pretty cool scene. Um, I thought it was all right. After getting all those voice actresses back, he could have done a lot more other than like one Huge. silly joke. I think it was a little disrespectful that they made Merida have like a very, very thick Scottish accent that you couldn't even comprehend what words she was saying. They violated her with that. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, we can't understand her. She's from the uh, other yeah, studio. She's from the other <laughs> studio. It's like, wow, that's so mean. So funny, though. <laughs> that on. line I actually did like. Uh, she's yeah. from the other studio. But yeah, I don't know. The, the dumb gimmicky jokes about the princesses, whatever. It was. Too predictable and honestly too disrespectful to the actual characters. Not to mention them overusing TikToks or whatever it was back in the day. Oh yeah, whatever the thing that will become dated. Oh, oh my god, god. What? there's yeah. so many things wrong with this movie. <laughs> oh my god. I don't mind a story about them going through the internet as long as they maintain continuity. Yeah, like, I don't get it. Like, go through the internet, but then have lines like, oh, we gotta go back. We don't want the games to be unplugged. Like, like, like you know, just things like that. Why does it have to be... Oh, we're through the internet, and Penelope wants to abandon her game. I have to learn to let her do it. Like, no! At least least have a scene where Penelope realizes all the damage she caused just by leaving her game. In a way, that could contrast to what Ralph learned in the first move. True. Maybe she learns, like, oh, I I did definitely take this for granted. I learned my lesson. Now I'm going to go back and appreciate my game even more. I'm just worried about the kids that are all excited to play Sugar Rush because they want to play as Penelope. And then their face is like, hey, where's Penelope? Mr. Livwack, the best character is missing. Oh, the game must be busted. Guess we'll unplug it. Yeah, and then everyone... Again. We'll unplug it again, even though I'm pretty sure the guy just fixed it. But whatever. I'm paying all this money to keep this game in my arcade. Yeah. And eventually it's just not going to be worth it. Time to destroy it or, like, sell it or something. Get rid of it. Buy a new one. Oh, Mm. my God. Wait, that's how you fix it in Wreck-It Ralph 3. He replaces, the, like, because the game's broken, he gets a new Sugar Rush. And so there's a new Vanellope. And then the old Vanellope comes back and is like, holy cow, I really screwed up. And then what? <laughs> uh, Vanellope fight. <laughs> Cause a whole glitch fest in the entire <laughs> arcade. I don't know. Will there ever be a Wreck-It Ralph 3, you think? After this train wreck, I hope not. Let it die. Let it die. Let it show. Let it up, then. I forgot that movie also turned 10 last year. Really? Oh, I thought it was 10 this year. Wow. We probably should have done this before, but how would you guys rate this movie out of 10? Because I'm saying out of 3 or 4. 3. Again, if you have a movie that literally just, like, says, yeah, I know what the whole original point of the movie was, but what if it was just the opposite, and you should feel bad if you agree with the original message now? Something like that is unforgivable. <laughs> Toy Story 4 also. 
Uh, so I'm gonna say like I don't the know the sequels for Star Wars. Three. Yeah, send the sequel. Gosh, Disney's really just been going to town lately. I'm <laughs> just ruining everything. God. Yeah, so it, I think a three or a four is fine. I mean, again, animation's nice. Characters are what they're fine. Jokes are hit or miss. Internet world is cool, but I just can't forgive literally a complete misunderstanding of the original film, which came out only six years earlier. Like, isn't it the same writers? Like, I'm so confused. It wasn't, like, being legit, I think they were just trying to push more agendas. They were like, don't let the uh, the male protagonist tell what a, uh, a female character can and cannot do. Oh, like a you-go-girl situation? Yeah. I was gonna say stuff like that, but I didn't really want to venture know, that way. But, I mean, honestly, it's just so dumb. So what would you rate it, Nick? Two or three. Keith? I mean, I think the movie, you can watch it. I think I would say it's probably around a five or whatever. But, like, if you include the first movie, what it's done to the first movie, I would agree with three. Yes, I think that's actually fair. I think as far as a self-standing movie, it's annoying. But, yeah, it's more like a five. But, again... It's How do you even compare? So it's bad, especially when people are embarrassing. like embarrassing. The worst is whenever yeah. people are like, "Oh, you just don't like a strong female lead," and it's like, "No, there are many good strong female leads. It's just they shit so hard on this one." Yeah, Vanellope literally walked into a room and met like eighteen strong female leads in this mm-hmm. movie. So that's not the issue. The issue is a Shitty tragic writing. misunderstanding of the original character and source material. Even though it was only six years ago, like. Say what you about the sequels. The Star Wars sequels are also unforgivable. But at least you could say, yeah, it's all different writers. The original trilogy came out like 40 years earlier. This was six years later. How did they drop the ball so badly? Oh, it's embarrassing. Yeah. God, when you got me defending the Star Wars sequel writers, you've done something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is so true. So overall, Wrecker Ralph 2, huge disappointment. It may have some cool references now and then, but that's not saving this movie. It all comes down to continuity and respecting the source material, and this movie clearly did not do that. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think it's one of the worst Disney movies I've ever seen. Maybe yeah. not the worst, but bomb five for me. Yeah, again, this is literally a movie that's just like, hey, remember everything you loved about the first movie, that cool message? Um, if you still believe it, you're evil. It's like, wait, what? You're the problem if you still believe the message we were saying. <laughs> like, I don't know what to believe anymore. But anyway, what do you guys think of Wrecker Ralph 2? You can tell us in our Discord server or message us on Instagram at Geeks Crossing. Continue to listen to us on all major listening platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you prefer. And tell your friends and family about us, especially any Wreck-It Ralph or Disney fans in your life. And if you want more geeky content, head over to Twitch and check out Eman the Legendary, which is also my YouTube channel. Nuclear Bacons, Crypto Hot Games, and our secret fit member Tyler at Carabyte. And as always, stay true to your geek selves. Turbo Tastic. Mm-hmm.